0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems Author Podcast, in which Craig Touch and myself chat to some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this crazy industry of writing and self-publishing. And you might notice, uh, well, you probably don't notice that there are just two of us today, because when we talk about leading lights, you know, sometimes we are in our own way, leading lights. And I don't think there's uh, there's much more you can say about Craig than the fact that he has helped so many different authors with all of the things that Hidden Gems done. So today. Craig is our leading light. Craig, how are you doing today? And welcome to being a guest on your own podcast.
1: (laughs) Thanks, uh, Roland. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm doing well. We were talking about doing this for a while and and having a a podcast where we're sort of talking about the website in general, right? And we haven't, after two years, I mean, it would have made sense, I guess, to start with something like this, but um, you know, we jumped right into just talking to authors. And uh, you know, the website itself is an author services you know website. And that's that's what we do, right? So and and since we're uh, you know I'm sort of on the eve of not necessarily like tomorrow, but very shortly we'll be releasing like a, a big new upgrade to the website um, and the arc art program in general, which is, you know, out of all the services our most popular one, um, I figured this is a good time for us to sort of talk about what it is we do. And maybe, you know, who, you know, what our sort of credentials are, and why we why we got into this, why we feel like we can do these things. Um, And, uh, and then I, you know, I can go into some of the big changes that are coming, you know, really soon to the website.
0: Well, that sounds great. I mean, that I think that's one of the things that perhaps people aren't aware of um, at first glance. A lot of people in the self-publishing community know of Hidden Gems books, and they know, they're like, oh, that's where you go to go and get reviews. But like... Since you started, there are now so many more things that that you offer uh, authors on a a broad basis. And there are tools that I use uh, like every single day as an author. You've got this free tool, which is the Amazon Blurb uh, Previewer. And I go to that pretty much every single day to to work on things because I know that one works better than Amazon. So it's like if you're an author and you're not fully aware of all the different services that that Hidden Gems uh, offers, then you might be missing out.
1: Yeah, and so you know, I figured I'm not—I'm Canadian. We're not, you know, as into uh, self-promotion and patting ourselves <laughs> the time. So, yeah, but but you know, I figured that it's worth us having a quick podcast about sort of what we do in case people are wondering, and uh, yeah, we can go over all the different resources that we have. Uh, you know, we're, we're keeping to the format of, you know, although this is on YouTube, uh, most people do listen to the podcasts. Audio only, so I try not to, you know, share a bunch of stuff. So I don't know that I'm necessarily going to share anything, even though, you know, it might be more useful. But the problem is, if I do, then I feel like I'm sort of like going to be talking to the image, and then people listening won't understand. So it's better if I just have to describe it. Um, So yeah, I mean the website has a number of components and some of them are paid services and some of them are free. And obviously this podcast is one of the free things that we do for the author community. Um, And you know we've been doing this for two years now, but one of the other things that we do is the author blog, right? And that's been going on for many more years. Um, And that can be found if you go to the website and click on blog at the top uh you can see all the blogs and then you can search by you know author uh let me just pull it up here so i know exactly what i'm saying but if you click on the author um for authors then you would get all of them but then you can if you're interested in just advertising marketing or industry news or rumors or writing craft and i might add in a few other ones (laughs) <laughs> then you can sort of filter and see some of the stuff, and a lot of those blogs are written by you,
0: oh well, they are, but I um, I really enjoy it because it's it's this weird little thing that we do, isn't it? It's not like I can go to my mates and talk about what it's like to be a self to be a self published author who like really takes it seriously. so the blog is a really nice way to go and kind of get my thoughts out about things, so I enjoyed the opportunity to to contribute uh blogs there, and you've got a wide variety of, of blogs that you could actually go and see. Sometimes you know, it's the five top books in this particular category, which I think is always good. I think authors should always be aware of what other books exist in the category, uh, because you need to like fit a dress code, you need to be able to understand the rules of what makes a book successful on Amazon. Um, You've got blog posts with author interviews, which are always really fascinating, because it's so interesting to to just chat to, to different authors about their motivations for why they got writing and the journey they took. And there, I think one thing that we've definitely learned is that there's no one one size fits all path towards being a successful self-published author. I think anyone has the potential to be a successful self-published author, but you kind of find your own path. Maybe you just do straight out advertising and your book is a great cover and that's how you do it. And you can be very engineering focused about it. Other times you become successful by like creating a community and uh contributing to to blog tours and facebook groups and and doing things uh with more engagement with your audience and some some authors are just rocking it on social media they just like know how to do it so it's really interesting having those author interviews because you really find out different things about different approaches authors uh take and it's educational for me because i find out you know this, this technique works for someone, whereas it might not work for me, but also it can be very inspirational. It can be authors who haven't sold as many books as I have, who can still teach me things. Um, and the other thing about the, the blogs, I enjoy writing them because I get to talk about the stuff that has worked for me, but also kind of distill it down. When I write posts about attribution tags on Amazon, first of all, that's such an obscure topic. So it's Nobody else would publish anything I write about it, but I think it's kind of valuable stuff. And by me writing, it kind of distills in my brain the process for doing it successfully. And I hopefully think that people who read some of the stuff I do about these weird technical topics actually find benefit from it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like some of those ones, the interviews and the the list of books, like some of those are more reader focused. Like I tried to have content for readers as well, because, you know, we really want to keep readers coming back since the ARC review program is such a, you know, such a big part of of our services. Um, But, you know, you also have books or uh, blogs that you've written where it's like um about books and what we can learn from a specific author who's written those books right and i think those are those are really interesting because you know we look at some of those big authors like stephen king or or whatever and and we we say hey you know this is a really successful author that i emulate that i want to be like and that or that i that i you know think of in terms of somebody that made me get into writing and and then you can break you break down what it is about their books that you think made them successful
0: yeah. And I think that's something that appeals to both authors and readers, because, you know, readers who appreciate that particular author, sometimes it's nice to break down the stuff. I just did one about Freedom McFadden, who's like a phenomenon. She started uh, in self-publishing and she has like this super specific niche, but she's just exploded and exploded on TikTok and stuff and breaking down why her books are so compelling and work so well. It's just a fascinating process, and you learn a lot as a writer. But I think as a reader, you also, if you enjoy her books, and lots of people do, then it's kind of interesting to be like, oh, I get it now. This is why I enjoy the book.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and sometimes that helps us discover new authors, like for instance, Freedom of Like I hadn't really heard about her that much. And you talking about her made me go out and, and get uh, her book, The House, what it was called, The Housemaid, right? And yeah. I read that a few weeks back. And it was really, it wasn't what I expected. And it was a really, really interesting <laughs> book. And and like, I, I enjoyed it from, you know, as a reader, but I also enjoyed it as an author because reading it, you know, I kind of looked at that in terms of what I wrote and what I'd like to write and what I think I can write. And, and I, I thought to myself, well, there isn't anything in this book that I don't feel like I could do um myself right if i had like the story and so that means like sometimes i'll read like a writer let's say george R. R. martin right i love his books i could never write his kind of stuff like that i don't have the brain to keep all of that stuff and, and or the or the patience to, to write all that sort of like history and stuff i love reading it but i couldn't do it but like a story like the housemaid like i could i feel like i could write something like that and so you know that that sort of makes you think hey i could become you know famous too just like her she was self-published and she did that and just exploded it's the right time right place for a lot of time you have to be lucky too right
0: so yeah i think it's she you have to be lucky but it helps to be in exactly the right position and have everything you need when you when you get lucky
1: yeah for sure and i mean you know when we write about some of the techniques and stuff too like that also helps the authors uh get an idea of what they need to do what they need to work on um you've given a lot of of blogs about sort of more of the of the technique of writing and the craft of writing, right? Um and so it's not just like looking at these other authors and being, oh, you know, I I can write like them or I read that kind of book or whatever, but now how do I sort of put it into play? And then you have some some um some content. We put out some content about that specifically. And then of course, like we said, there's the all the, the marketing side of it, which so many authors you know, they don't know how to market. It's a complicated thing, right? And and marketing is one of those things that it's actually like, you can outsource a lot of stuff with your book, but I find that uh, outsourcing advertising is not that cost-effective. Because you're yeah, really not making enough money to to justify that expense. So you kind of have to learn how to do it yourself.
0: Absolutely, I think the challenge is, it's like, yes, you can. T- there are people who can definitely make your advertising profitable for you. But when you're talking about those margins, it to in order to do that, it doesn't necessarily become profitable for them. So I look back last year at my advertising spend over the entire year and I made a 97% profit, which is great. You know, you're practically doubling your money. But then you think the number of hours I put into that, if you were paying somebody else that number of hours, unless you've got a huge budget that you're getting 97% uh, profit on, then, you, you know, it soon works out. It's It's not really, you're not going to get the return on your your investment that you want and they're not going to get the pay that they want so working out how to do the advertising is is a i think something that if you really want to be successful as a self-published author you should do but at the same time there's never been a better time to do it i mean there are resources everywhere to help you learn about this and i think we contribute a lot of uh, of information and, and support and uh context to how to be successful at advertising but you have all of these Advertising self-service platforms. You can go and advertise your books on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, on X or Twitter or whatever it's called now. Um, And Amazon has the attribution tags available so you can track what you're doing. You're really starting to get into a position where you have all of the tools that you need to be successful. And at the end of the day, books are a product. And if you have a product that people want to buy and you're able to put that product in front of people by spending less money than you get from them buying it, then it is it is an e-commerce business. And it's a business where you insert money and you receive profit. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and you know, that's another thing that I think about when, so with the blog, you know, I don't write as many articles. I don't have the time because I'm working on all the other parts of the site, but I try to when I can. And one of the areas that, um, you know, I'm putting something together is is a uh, a series on AI, uh, you know, AI tools, the AI, you know, how to use AI as a tool to help you as a writer, not to write the book for you, but to help you be, be a more efficient writer, a better, you know, be better at marketing and social and, and coming up with with idea brainstorming, you know, all the things that um, AI excels at right now. It doesn't really excel at writing your book. And I don't think a lot of authors really wanted to at this point, right? Not real authors. I mean, there's people that would love it to pop out the books and they could just post them on Amazon. There are people that are doing that. But for the most part, you know, you can tell when it's written by AI. Um, and, and we're not looking to do that. We're looking, you know, what I'm I'm putting together this sort of you know, a blog series that's gonna just talk about how to use AI to just, um, as a tool for yourself to just make your the process, the business of writing easier and more efficient for you. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming um, from the blog, um, from the podcast. Um, like you mentioned, there's those free tools. So there's the one you, you were talking about is the, is the uh, blur previewer right and that allows authors to uh, and you can you can get to this through the author services tab on the website scrolling down to the bottom there's uh, there's the two um, tools the keyword organizer which allows you to um, enter in all your keywords the optimizes how they fit into the six Amazon boxes. And then the blurb previewer, which um, allows you to see the blurb in a, you know, what you see is what you get, which Amazon has added. I mean, they didn't have that when we first created this tool, um, they then added it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that this does is allows you to also see um, what is gonna show up on your product page before they hit the, read now, or the show more, right? Which is important because you wanna be able to see what everyone's going uh, to, the, the part of your blog, the, the, the bits of your blog that are going to show up before they click that thing so you can make it as enticing as possible, make them want to click show more.
0: That's not that's important. Big. That is vital. And I that is a really, really powerful thing that you offer. And when I do consults with authors, I mean, that's one of the things that comes up. Hey, let's look at your blurb. And when somebody arrives on the product page of your book, the blurb is cut off to the top four lines and then it has read more and you need to be able to sell your your book uh convincingly enough for people to take the time to click that read more and uh you've only got four lines to play with so your blurb previewer just does a fantastic job being able to squeeze that in and i know for a fact that it makes a massive difference because i used that blurb previewer tool one time to to adjust not all the words of my blurb but just the format of my blurb And I noticed I got a a 50% increase, no, 100% increase in conversions based off that. So I got a 100% increase in the number of sales I got from the traffic I sent from advertising to the product page. So these little details actually can add up to a massive thing, a massive difference. And when it comes to advertising, it is just turning the dials and tweaking these little things because at some point you're going to tweak enough stuff that you spend less on advertising than you get in book royalties. And from that point, it's just a case of scaling it. It's like, if you can get to that point and put in all of the work and spend the money and make the adjustments and manage to turn that switch, then you can advertise profitably and the the world is your your oysters. And yeah, your blurb preview tool is just one really, really useful tool that I find that Amazon hasn't provided a a, a really workable uh, alternative to
1: yeah and i and i think that that um like you said it's it's a vital piece but it's also it's not even just four lines they ha- it's like it's some you know they they do something with uh i think it's also based on you know whether you're using different kind of uh, size of the fonts i, I don't remember if it's been a while since we put it together um but it, it's not like if it was just four lines and you can always know, okay, I'm just have to write four lines. Right. But it's not quite that. Um, and you know, listen, they change stuff. Sometimes that thing breaks. And if anyone ever notices, just let us know, we'll fix it. But, um, you know, they do sometimes make changes to that. Uh, and then we have to go in and change our tool, but that's fine. I mean, it's a constantly evolving process. Right. So, um, and then, so, you know, you mentioned the consults. So that's one of the other, that's one of the paid services that we offer. You and I do consults with authors all the time. And, um, you know, what we can do, you know, we have all this free content in the blog and the podcast, but a lot of times, you know, being able to sit down with somebody in the pra- more practical environment where you can talk about your specific case, you know, this is my book, and these are the, this is the genre I write in, and this is, uh, you know, I write because of this, and I my goals are this. And then being able to sort of tailor what we talk about and, you know, come up with a plan or whatever it is that you, you want to go over can be a lot more useful to some people than reading sort of a more general thing. You know, there's, there's people that one thing works and the other thing works for others, you know? So that's one of the things that, um, that we offer. And that's again, through the author services page on the website. Um, and then, I really you know,
0: enjoy doing those. I was going to say, like, oh yes, I, I. yeah, and I think, uh one size doesn't fit all and the benefit of having a consult if you're an author and you're like how do i start advertising how do i make my advertising successful um you can read as many things as you want but it won't necessarily be specific to your needs whereas having a consult that's great because you know i bring my experience you bring your experience and then you can look at that specific author situation and i think the benefit for you and i is you know um we might not be. We might not be in J.K. Rowling territory, but we've both sold a significant number of books. I've sold 69,000 copies of my books. I have an advertising and marketing background. So there are going to be some things that I see just because of my career that uh, that an author might not or they might be too close to their, their work. And then once you can explain why those things need to be changed then often it's just like it, it starts on the path for an author really reaching the next level. And I think it's just being able to have, even if it's just one consult call, where you can talk about the specific actionable things that this specific author can do to their specific books, I think offers incredible value.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that sort of leads into something we can just started with maybe, is, is talking a little bit about ourselves and what we... Um, how we became authors and what made us sort of uh, go into where we are, and how successful we were in terms of not that that matters, but you know sometimes authors are wondering, you know, who would, who is it that's teaching me to stop, or who is it that's what gives them the, the right to talk about this sort of thing. And I and I mean, you know, you've talked a lot more about your stuff than I have. I'm sort of more I like say secretive about my pen names and stuff. And there's there are reasons for that. Some authors are, some aren't. I used to write. You know, Romance under female pen names, and not that I'm embarrassed by it or anything, but it's just there are reasons why I don't publicly share those pen names. Some people know them, it's not a big secret, but it's not something I, you know, post on the website, right? Um, but I, you know, you you just mentioned you made uh 69,000 uh sales. I just pulled up book report here just to see, you know, this is over a 10 year period, but most of it was done back when I started in you know 2013. The first, you know, we I wrote for I don't know, four four or five years Um, since then, things have been trickling in, right? But in terms of sales, according to Book Report again, and so this is also not on the wide sites where I was also publishing, so this is just Amazon only. I sold 179,000 copies, um, almost 87 million page reads, um, and gave away almost 400,000 copies of my books. So, you know, that, that's sort of where I'm coming from and that was again, it was all romance and erotica right we started you and I both we started writing erotica um, back when Amazon first started and and that was the thing and then they switched over and and romance became a thing so we we moved over into romance and you know that's sort of where we were now if I were to um, write and 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 I've no I made no secret of the fact that I wrote uh, um for to make a living right before i started writing romance i wasn't a romance reader so i had to sort of learn the the genre and write it and i did it because i hated the job i was in and i always loved writing and i wanted to make a living at it so that was where most of the buyers were so that's where i went if i was to write um Based on what I like to read, it would be you know science fiction and fantasy it might be YA, sort of like Hunger Games kind of stuff, and and I have some ideas kicking around for that, but you know I just I never have time to write anymore. I barely have time to even write blogs, which is why you're usually writing them all. But um, but you know I always keep on top of all that stuff, and I was pretty successful doing it back then, and and I've sort of that's what I love about running Hidden Gems is I can stay immersed in the the author uh, community, even though I'm not writing as much anymore and I can still maintain my, you know, finger on the pulse of what's going on.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, and I think that it, it is a really rewarding thing. I mean, I think sometimes it's like, oh, you know, maybe it's just stick to writing books, but it's actually, I think I enjoy it and become more enthused about it. I think a sense of community is really important as an author. And as I mentioned before, we the weird thing that we do is crazy. We sit there and hallucinate and paint it down with ink on pieces of uh, desiccated tree that people read and hallucinate in their brain, the same thing that we hallucinated except kind of different. I mean, it's as a concept, it's a crazy thing. And so having an author community is great and working with other authors is great because they get it and we get it. And at the end of the day, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. None of us are in competition with each other. There's nobody else out there writing, uh, the romance version of Die Hard, which is one of the books that, that I did. So, uh, we can all learn and help and support each other. Yeah, for sure.
1: And, and, you know, the industry keeps changing, right? And so you need sort of a resource or, and there's lots of them out there, you know, we're just one of them, but you need a place to, to go to, you can't, you can't stay on top of everything. I couldn't stay on top of everything. I hear about it from you. I hear about it from the, the authors that we work with. I hear about it by reading other people's blogs or listening to the podcast. Like, you know, you can't do everything yourself. You have to sort of hear about it and and, and find a place that you trust that you can read about and learn about all those things. Because as we've talked about, the self, being a self-published author is running your own business and you have to wear all of the hats and you know that's not always an easy thing to do
0: yeah and and we have complete blind spots like i i have a complete blind spot towards ai uh it's like you know it's one of those things that i even tried to install stable diffusion on my computer and i couldn't do it i kept running into errors whereas that's something that really seems to to uh, be one of the things that you're becoming quite the expert in and i think that's it it's such a broad industry that you do end up having specific interests, specific areas of interest and expertise. And then as a community, that means you can all bounce off each other. So if there is an area that you don't have that strong knowledge in, there is somebody out there who does. And likewise, they might be missing the, the things that you can bring to the table.
1: Right, exactly. And that's why, you know, we play to our strength, like, you, just as I might be the one that, that's all interested in researching AI stuff, you're the advertising guy, like, I don't know, advertising to the level you do. Um, so, and to that end, when we have console calls, I specifically, you know, one of the things I ask is what they want to talk about. And if it's an advertising related thing, I send them your way, because that's, you know, you're just better. That's, that's your niche,
0: right? So. yeah and and i i enjoy it because and it's funny it's i think just like with ai even if you weren't doing it as part of as part of your business you'd be interested in it with advertising oh, yeah. I, kind of, I kind of dig it i kind of dig trying to understand the human side, how you can promote your how you can communicate what your thing is to people in a way that makes a connection and i think because what self-published authors do is so, means so much to so many of them. These books are really important to them and to be able to help make, uh, achieve what it is a writer's purpose is for other people to read your stuff, to help you to make that happen for authors, just is an incredibly rewarding thing.
1: Yeah. No, for sure, and I mean that—that's—that's that's what all of our other services are sort of about—is sort of helping people um, empower themselves, if not do certain tasks for them. We're not writing the book for you, but we're helping you advertise. We're helping discuss how to, you know, make your life easier by teaching you how to do this or that. We can write your blurbs, or we have a blurb writing service. We have the cover design service. We um, we have editing. Uh, you know, the beta reader service is another really sort of popular one, where you know. Uh, people can send their books in, and and we have a number of beta readers that'll go through and and answer questions about the book. It's you know it's not the same as, when, as a review. Review is you know you just send people your book and they go on Amazon or wherever and they write a review and and that's it. But with beta reader, you're sending them your book before it's published with the goal of getting uh, actionable feedback. If there is issues in the book that you can then work on ahead of publication so that you put out a stronger book right and then when the reviews do come in they're better reviews
0: yeah and it's i'm writing a blog post right now about um twists plot twists and one of the pieces of advice i'm giving is if you write a book and you're relying on this heavy twist get beta readers or get at least other people to read it, because not only do you want them to read the book and be like, oh, that twist works and it's satisfying. You can also say, hey, I put this foreshadowing in here, this foreshadowing in there. Did that work? Do I need to add bits to it? And their advice can make for such a more satisfying book. I really think, to a certain extent, it's always fun to just write the books you want to write. But if you want to take it to the next level, and especially if you're going to start being clever with writing and doing things like, plot twists uh then then yeah those th- that insight from other readers is invaluable
1: yeah i, I think that that's one of the hardest things is, is being able to write a really good twist that people don't see coming but that works organically i mean i, I don't personally like it when somebody throws a twist in there that nobody could have ever, ever predicted because there were no clues whatsoever about it in the book like they just wanted to shock you but but it nothing led up to it, right? Uh, You know, I I prefer those clues, even if there were ones that you never could have really put together on your own, at least they were there so that when that twist happens, you can look back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah," there's all those little breadcrumbs that led to that. And I just didn't see it coming, right. But when they just drop in something that's like, just for the sake of, of a twist, I don't think that those work for me personally.
0: Now, one of the, the films I mentioned, uh, I did mention books as well, with the twist like Gone Girl and stuff like that. But for me, the, one of the films that does so well is The Sixth Sense, because that's got that great twist right. where if you haven't seen it already, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis plays a character who's actually a ghost. But then you go back to the movie and you're like, oh, wait, he doesn't speak to anyone else throughout the movie. And it's like, wait, yeah. he's always wearing the same clothes. And then you see that it makes perfect sense. And so yeah. you get to almost enjoy the movie for a second time. And when you read a book that has that phenomenal twist at the end, then you're like, oh, you get to enjoy it a second time, rediscovering the whole thing and it all reframes. And it's just so satisfying.
1: Yeah. I, I remember watching that one and, and and the same sort of feeling of at the end going, what? And then sort of like wanting to go, I think back in that day, it was DVDs, you know, I'm rewinding or yeah. trying to track back and look and, catch him in the act of like, wait a second, I'm sure he was talking to somebody. He's like, yeah, he's talking, but that other person wasn't answering, you know? So it was like, you just thought they were ignoring him, but really they just didn't hear him because he's a ghost, right? So I I just, I found that it was such a well done movie uh, for that, from that perspective, for sure. Um, And then, yeah, okay, so then the final thing to really talk about with the website is, I guess what we're most well known for, which is the art program. And you know this this has been going on for as long as site has been going on for. In
0: fact, I'll pause you there. For people who don't know what ARC is, ARC doesn't refer to the animals going two by two for the rainstorms we're having. It's an advanced reader copy, which is where you hidden gems will send out an advanced reader copy, a digital copy of an author's book to their the your reader subscribers. And then if the reader subscribers like that book and they want to sign up and read it, they can then leave a review of that on Amazon prior to publication or just after publication so it's a way for authors who don't yet have a subscriber group or a massive number of of readers to be able to get genuine reviews that will hopefully make their book more successful on Amazon
1: right and the key being genuine you know these are real people reading reading the book and leaving honest uh, reviews that means they might not always be glowing reviews Um, but they you know amazon has very strict rules um around reviews and they have always had a very heavy hand in terms of you know bringing the axe down on people they think and and when i say think i mean think because they're very often wrong uh that are breaking those rules or 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 not following the rules and yet their rules are often super vague written in a way that nobody can really understand them right but one thing that we all know is the rules do have the reviews do have to be written by real people they have to be honest they have to be uninfluenced uh, you know un, um, unforced you know all that stuff so you know people authors come they, they book the service we they, they give us all of the information about their book. And then we send it out, uh, we send the book information out to our readers, and then our readers will um, determine if they want to read that book based on the inform- that blurb, the the cover, you know subgenres. Um, they sign up and then they read the book and then hopefully leave reviews. Um, now the the site, the services, uh, you know we, we run fift- uh, 15 or 16 different genres. Uh, you know, not just romance. It started as romance back in the, you know, when we first started, but since then we we do everything, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, YA, nonfiction, cookbooks, children's books, whatever, right? Um, and then our readers, you know, self-select into those genres. If they, if somebody signs up to be a reviewer, we don't just give them every book. Well, first of all, we don't give them any book. They have to specifically ask for them, um, but they only uh, see the books that they have signed up in that genre for so somebody who is not interested in children's books will never get the offer to sign up for a children's book um but they can change their genre it's up to them right we don't know what it is that they want to read what they can read uh what they're interested in reading you know um and then you know traditionally what we've always done is has always been an amazon only sort of uh service and back in the day that made more sense because um, well, first of all, when we're building it out, it was easier to focus on one thing. But most most authors were really very Amazon uh, focused, and especially after KDP, when you know they wanted to uh, force everyone to be exclusive. And and I mean, they still do that. If you if you want to be part of KDP, you still have to be exclusive. But I think as time has gone on, and Amazon's sort of heavy handedness about a lot of things have made many authors sort of buck that trend and, and want to go wide. When we say wide, that means putting their book on more uh, sites than just Amazon for sale. So putting it up on Google, Apple, um, Barnes, Noble, Kobo, all that stuff, right? Um, and because of that, you know, a lot of authors are looking for reviews on those other sites. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, wanted to talk about today is, is the new uh, the new update to the website, which is coming, you know, very, very soon, like, within this month, at least, um, you know, probably maybe by the time a lot of people see this, uh, if not, you know, shortly after, um, where, you know, we're we're updating, it's a big update to the site, it's not so big in terms of how the program works, from, a, from the standpoint of, you know, the authors, it's just, you know, the author still books, the The way that they used to, they fill out the order form, they enter all their information. Um, but whereas before it's it just, you know, it's just gonna be Amazon, now the author will choose which website they want to get reviews on. Um, so if they still just want Amazon, that's fine. It, it, they'll just select Amazon and that's, we're only gonna then look for uh, readers that can review on Amazon. But if they wanna get reviews elsewhere, Um, you know, like the sites I mentioned, or even on Goodreads or BookBub, you know, then they can select those ones, just check boxes, And uh, that will allow us to send the book out to a wider variety of readers um, and get them more reviews than they were able to get before. Uh, Assuming, of course, that they're interested in reviews on that. I mean, if somebody's exclusive to Amazon, they're going to be limited to, you know, getting reviews on Amazon and Goodreads and Bookbub, right? They won't be able to get them on the other sites because they would have to be selling it on those sites and their exclusivity would stop them. But, and maybe they don't even want them on those sites. And that's, like I said, that's fine. But if they're wide, then they can even do all the other ones. So from an author perspective, it's not really changing that much. Um, But from the reader perspective, this now opens it up to a whole uh, bunch of readers that were um, that were blocked by Amazon that have been blocked. And over the years, Amazon's just gotten more and more heavy handed about who can review. You know, they've always had um, they've fought a lot with fake reviews. Right. That's always been sort of the catalyst for why they've become as as uh, difficult to work with as they have, which, you know, they're you you hear about. you know, call centers in overseas that are, you know, that are uh, giving fake reviews and everybody, you know, all these people were, they would sign up and they they'd write fake reviews for products, books, whatever. And Amazon went and banned reviews from for for people that don't purchase it uh, for everything except for books. But even then, you know, they still found that they were having issues because, you know, people would, um, uh, you know, hire people to create reviews and send them sort of like gift cards or whatever to buy those books, right? So then it became, well, okay, each person has, that reviews a free book has to have spent $50 in the last 12 months on Amazon. And that doesn't include gift cards and it doesn't include the prime membership. It has to be with a credit card. Like they've just added more and more and more, you know, headache onto it. And so it's consequently, it's made a lot of reviewers, legit reviewers, unable to review or just a big headache because not only that on top of all that even when you follow all the rules sometimes amazon just blocks a review or takes forever to um to approve a review or removes a review that they decide is not legit and trust me i've worked with tons of legit people that had their reviews removed and for no good reason right they didn't break any rules just amazon's algorithm and it's always the algorithm that does it goes and and decides that person's not a real reviewer and blocks them right and then if they have to go through an appeals process and generally when they appeal a real person looks at it and then they say oh yeah okay these are probably real and they, they restore it but it's it's a pain and and a lot of a lot of readers just don't want to go through that and so what we've seen over the years is you know the re, it's getting harder and harder to find reviewers on for amazon that can participate because Amazon's rules have just pushed so many of them out. So that's one of the reasons why we sort of went ahead and, and made this change where we're going to be allowing the reviews on all the other sites. And, and and like I said, I mean a lot of authors want that now too and more than it used to be. So it justifies, you know, the the work involved to to do all that.
0: And I think it's worth saying, if you are go, if you are wide, then you're going to need reviews on other platforms anyway. So I think this is fantastic because this gives you the opportunity to get there. And there isn't really, there is no other ARC service that I'm familiar with that really specializes in the other places as well. It's always been like Amazon bus, but.
1: No, no, other other sites do, other reviews yeah. do. Um, but, but I mean, you know, the thing is, is like, not every, it's it's not every author is going to want it. And I, and I get that. And and that's why we're keeping it, you know, to, uh, to your choice of where you want the reviews, but, um, you know, the, the reality is that, you know, the times have changed the, the markets changed and we want to just sort of like, Provide more options to people, and and so we've made other changes too with on the reader side. So readers before and again, this was due to an Amazon rule that used to be in play. And now it's sort of iffy about whether it's in play, but it was sort of limiting how many how, how many reviews a person can make, or they or one of the triggers that would cause them to think of a review is fake is if they you know put up multiple reviews in a certain amount of time, right? So we started limiting, you know, people can only um, Download, you know, one or request one book a day or whatever, right? And some people are actually very fast readers, or there's certain days where they they want two or three books, where, and other days where they don't want any, right? So it was sort of a restricted rule. Now we're sort of opening that up as well because they can review up these on other sites, not just Amazon, and they can, um, and 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 it's not for everyone, right? Not everyone wants that many more books, and everybody, even with the changes we're making before it was one book a day, everyone will still have that ability to get one a day. But what we've done is we've sort of add, added um, sort of like we're hidden gems, we've got gem levels. And depending on the gem level of, of you as a reader, you might be able to read more than one book. So you might you're going to get some points, you use those points to, to reserve your books. And again, that's another change before it was a sign up process where you would sign up for the books you want, we would pick who gets which book, and you wouldn't know until the day comes which one you got if you signed up for three or four. Now it's you use your points and you reserve the copy of the book. If there's enough left uh, for the book you want, you reserve it. You know if you reserve it, you're going to get that book. And if you wanted, if you, if there's two that you want, you decide which one you want. Or if you have enough points, you just get them both, right? So we've sort of made it a lot more um, user-friendly from a reader perspective as well. And hopefully that's going to lead to sort of a lot more people able to Read and review a lot more books, and that's sort of the key of the whole thing, right?
0: Absolutely. So, I think that's a really exciting change, and I'm quite, I'm quite ex- excited to see that and everything else that that comes about.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it is exciting. It's it's sort of like a really big change, and I think you know, it's it's gonna have a feeling like like any sort of software product there will be a transition period when we roll it out. There might be some bugs, there might be some some firefighting that needs to happen, but I think for the most part it's pretty stable and uh, you know, anything that happens, you know, we'll be able to deal with pretty fast. And, and I think going forward, what I'm gonna try to do is make a lot, you know, changes, smaller changes more often as opposed to sort of building this massive thing and it taking forever. Like, it feels like we've been working on this release forever because I kept, and it's my fault, you know, I kept adding more things to it, more features, more, you know, review sites whatever but going forward you know there's still a bunch of things i want to add that we didn't do and i'm going to start doing them sort of faster we're going to like okay here's one thing we want to add let's do it now we'll roll it up then we'll work on the next thing instead of like let's build it all up and make it into this big thing that takes forever and then has even more risk to to how many things could break you know so i think it's it's a lot of positive change and and that's you know going to be something that um we're gonna roll out like i said is very soon I, i'm hoping you know within a week you know within a month at the very most but but hopefully within a, about a week or so
0: well i'm excited to see that and i guess that leads us to the the wrap-up of this episode this has actually been a really fun chat
1: yeah it's nice to to, to sort of just not have to have the stress of you know preparing for a guest and discussing, you know, a specific topic and, you know, having to, to stay focused on one thing, you know, we, we, we can just, you and I can just sit back and and relax and talk and, uh, you know, just chat about stuff. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this and you've enjoyed what we've had to say or have any thoughts about what we have to say, don't be a stranger, scroll down to the comment section and leave a comment and let us know. And while you're at it, make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. And there is a little bell icon. If you click on that, then you will get notified every time we have a brand new episode of Fully Booked, which we will next week. We'll be back with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, cheerio.